and welcome to Tax Break. My name is Rob Kovacev, and I'm a member of the tax group at Miller & Chevalier. Today, it's my pleasure and honor to introduce a friend and distinguished colleague, George Haney, who concentrates his practice on the resolution of tax controversies at the administrative level, with a particular focus on tax accounting issues. In fact, he has uh, co-written a treatise on tax accounting, which is used uh, as an authoritative text in law schools around the country. Uh, he has also represented clients both in examinations before the IRS and also in administrative appeals, as well as in connection to another uh, a number of IRS dispute resolution programs, such as advanced pricing agreements and pre-filing agreements, uh, the, the uh, CAP uh, compliance assurance process, fast-track appeals, and accelerated issue resolution. Uh, George has assisted taxpayers to secure consents for changes in accounting methods, private letter rulings, and favorable technical advice memoranda from the IRS National Office. Uh, and uh, with that, uh, I'd like to just talk about a little bit about what uh, this episode's about, in particular about ADR processes in front of the IRS. And the genesis for this episode is a recent tax notes article entitled, Help Me Help You, IRS Seeks Feedback on Dispute Resolution. This article discussed a recent IRS announcement, which is IR 2023-136, which invited public input on ways to improve the service's various dispute resolution programs. George was extensively quoted in that article as an authority in the several types of ADR programs that the IRS offers to taxpayers, including traditional appeals, but not limited to that. If approached correctly, in a case that is susceptible to compromise, these programs can save taxpayers time and money while bringing resolution to tax disputes. And with that, I'll turn this discussion over to George. And first, my first question to you, George, is what comes to mind when folks mention ADR in the context of tax disputes? Well, thank you, Rob, and thank you for that kind introduction. I'm a longtime listener, so I'm glad I'm actually now able to participate in Tax Break. Um, but when people mention ADR, for me, I take a very broad scope or uh, definition of that term and, and any sort of resolution or process to, to resolve a dispute without going to court. So I include traditional appeals in an ADR, in an, as an ADR program. I also consider sort of APAs and PFAs, advanced price agreements or pre-filing agreements as ADR technique, even though you don't yet have a dispute, but you anticipate that it'll be a dispute, uh, a potential dispute with your exam team. So I look at all of these programs as having pros and cons, not there is no single program that will be universally successful in resolving disputes. The key is to try to figure out what type of dispute is? What's the crux of the issue? Is it a legal issue? Is it primarily factual? Often there's mixed questions of law and fact. Well, what is the right program that will match and get you to a decision maker who can wrestle with that issue and come to what could be a, a, an acceptable resolution? Maybe not a favorable resolution, but at least an acceptable resolution. Well, let's start with that. If a taxpayer has what's mostly a technical tax issue, versus a fact-driven issue or somewhere in the middle, which, uh, which of the programs fits with which of those situations best? Yeah, so remember sort of um, authority and roles of exam team and other personnel within 
the IRS. So exam is supposed to be the fact finder, and then it, it accepts the, or it lets counsel or others determine what is the legal issue. So if you have something that is a pure legal issue that your exam team, for whatever reason, isn't able to fully grasp, maybe they have not involved specialists yet, maybe you consider a tech advice uh, and going to the national office to get the IRS technical experts to weigh in on the issue uh, and sometimes you can have, you know, no names calls with people at the national office or you hear people at ABA conferences talking about particular issues. And you may have an inkling of where the national office might land on an issue, um, but you want the national office to help get the agent over the line on a thorny technical issue. If it's a factual issue, tech advice is inappropriate. Um, the guidance tells you that. And so technical factual issues are more likely to go to some form of appeals, whether that's fast track or regular appeals. Okay, now when you talk about appeals, what most people think of, certainly what I think of, is the traditional appeals conference. You file a protest, exam files a rebuttal, it goes to an appeals off, uh, officer, there's an appeals conference, and then the appeals officer makes a settlement offer on behalf of the service, which the taxpayer can accept or reject. Sounds to me like there's a lot more to IDR, to ADR, in the IRS than just traditional appeals. And we talked about some of those things. Can you go into more detail about the-, the uh... Yes, so a lot, a lot of the ADR programs will look a lot like a traditional appeals uh, process, but the exam team typically is in, more involved. So the most commonly used one is fast track. It's fast. It was fast track mediation at one point, now it's sort of fast track settlement, um, where you basically take the exams write up of an issue, a single issue or maybe one or two issues, but not the whole case. Uh, an exam will have their write up. Taxpayer prepares their write up. It may not be the same thing as a full blown protest, but you have two position papers effectively that then are presented to the appeals officer and the appeals officer will wrestle with the issue, try to get the parties to agree. Um, but if they can't, then the appeals officer should have the authority to, to resolve the case. That sounds a lot like traditional appeals, but the key piece of that is it happens a lot sooner in time, fast. It's fast track. You don't have to wait for the whole examination to be completed, and you don't have to go through the computations process and all these other things at the end of an audit that take a lot of time, and, it, and it, you get the attention of appeals officer a lot sooner than you otherwise would have. We've had cases where you file a protest, and it's a year or more before you hear from the appeals officer, and then six or eight months until you actually have a conference with appeals. So fast track is one way to, to basically have what's a, a, the equivalent of an appeals proceeding, but do, do it sooner in time. The one downside I would say to fast track and how it's different from traditional appeals is the exam team is going to be involved pretty much the whole process. And if you have a dispute with your exam team and you're not able to resolve the issue with your exam team, well, you have to think about whether a process that has exam included the whole way through, whether that's going to lead to a settlement or not. If exam is, is dug in and thinks that the taxpayer is just dead wrong and is not willing to compromise at all, fast track, it may be futile. In traditional appeals, exam will have their opportunity to, to have their day in court. It's not court, it's just appeals, but have their day to, to speak their mind in what I refer to as the education phase, and the taxpayer can respond with ex uh, exam in front of the appeals officer. But at some point, exam exits stage left, and it's just the taxpayer and the appeals officer to talk settlement. 
So depending upon whether you think your exam team will be uh, uh, amenable to a resolution or an impediment to a resolution may dictate whether you choose to go to fast track or just wait and go the traditional appeals route. Okay. Now, I understand that there are some ADR processes which can occur even once you file the protest and you're under the jurisdiction of traditional appeals. Can you talk a little bit about those? Yeah, so one of those is RAP, RAP appeals process, um, which personally, I think, again, it, it comes back to the same question about whether you want your exam team involved, because RAP is supposed to be faster than a traditional appeals process. They do put resources and you get to the front of the line of an appeals officer. But you're, in that process, your exam team is with you all along the way. You can convert from RAP to traditional appeals and keep the same appeals officer. But if you stay within the RAP program, exam is with you all along and has to agree to a settlement. So again, it goes back to the question about whether you think your exam team will be amenable to a resolution or will be an impediment to a resolution. There's also uh, a post-appeals mediation. So the exam team is no longer involved. Now you have a taxpayer and an appeals officer that can't come to an agreement and you can invoke post-appeals mediation if you haven't invoked other programs before. Uh, and get a second appeals officer to take a look at, at the issue. But again, you have to have an appeals officer and a taxpayer who are willing to bridge that gap. If the two sides are entrenched in their positions, they've gone as far as they can in the traditional appeals process, then the post-appeals mediation, you'll be spinning your wheels. And we've seen unsuccessful fast-track mediations from both sides. The taxpayer who is unwilling to move any further and an appeals officer unwilling to move any further. So before invoking those programs, you really have to, the taxpayer has to, to decide whether it's going to be willing to, to move and, and resolve. And you have to gauge whether the person on the other side, whether that's exam or appeals is similarly willing to move. Because I, in all these programs to get a complete concession from the other party is rare. It happens. But anybody going into one of these programs expecting a concession is likely to be disappointed. It sounds like exam is uh, a necessary partner in uh, reaching any you know, successful uh, mediation or, or settlement in any of these programs. Is exam getting trained in ADR techniques? Are they actually cooperative, or you know, how does how does exam approach it? Is that is that something that's that is something that they can see as part of their job, or is it alien to them? Yeah, that's uh, it's an interesting question, and and every there there's a wide array of people at exam, so there is no you know stereotypical exam person. So you it's a human experience. There are all kinds of people at exam, people amenable to resolution, people who think every taxpayer is evil. Um, but think about the sort of the, the, the mission and authority of an examining agent as being only a, a light switch effectively. They, they either allow a deduction or they disallow a deduction. They include something in income or they don't include something in income. It's an on-off switch for most examining agents. They only have the binary choice of yes or no. All of these issues and taxes full of issues that are gray and appeals officers are allowed, permitted, to resolve cases based upon hazards of litigation. Examining agents are not. You know, so if an examining agent is trained to just say yes or no and not really get any training or opportunity 
to operate in the gray, then they are more likely to be the ones that are obstacles to resolution in ADR processes. Appeals officers, the beauty of the appeals process is they introduce this notion of hazards of litigation. You get people who are able to or permitted to operate in the gray. One of the issues, though, is your appeals officers tend to be former examining agents. And those, you know, by the time they become an appeals officer, are they comfortable operating in the gray? There were When I started practicing back in the 90s, the IRS was much more decentralized. Appeals officers were ruggedly independent. They thought of themselves as something different from the exam team. And so they didn't necessarily, you know, just kowtow to the IRS position. It led to disparate treatment of taxpayers. You might be in one region of the country and you have, you know, one view of an issue and a different view uh, of the issue in another part of the country from another set of appeals officers. So after the 90s, there was much more coordination with this notion of uh, treating taxpayers consistently. But that has sort of eroded, in my view, some of the independence, different type of independence that's talked about with appeals, but eroded a little bit of that independence of the individual appeals officer to really take an issue to be, you know, get up to speed him or herself and decide the issue. So it's harder and harder to get someone who is willing to look at an issue, come to an independent decision in the gray, and not just be the person standing behind the IRS position. This is the IRS position, a coordinator, a specialist, counsel, someone sitting behind the curtain has told me what the IRS view is, and therefore that's the IRS view. Then when it comes time to trying to assess hazards litigation, the, the, their thumb is on the scale. It's so skewed in the government's favor. Settlement discussions crater. Now you've talked about some uh, other programs that aren't similar to traditional ADR, like a mediation, things like pre-filing agreements, APAs, tech advice. Uh, can you elaborate a little bit on uh, those processes? Yeah, so those are pre-dispute. Sort of you're, you've got what is, you know, potentially thorny issue, transfer pricing, ripe with, you know, uh, uh, you know dis disputes and disagreements between the uh, IRS and taxpayers. And the APA agreement, pro APA process allows you to do it proactively. People can, it's supposed to be advanced, but often they are several years behind the cycle. But it is a much more cooperative, conducive experience because you don't have a position already laid out that you're attacking or, or defending. Uh, and so you're much more inclined and in, in, in a cooperative nature to find out what is the right mediation point. And a pre-filing agreement is similar, although not for transfer pricing, similar as an APA for issues other than transfer pricing, where you may have what you consider to be a, a contestable issue. You bring it to the exam team first and say, here is an issue. We know you're going to want to look at it. Let's look at it together. And in that way, it is more likely to reach a resolution because your exam team hasn't gone dug in. And oftentimes disputes come about with exam because they ask their IDRs, you respond to the questions, exam has their theories, they keep them to themselves for a while, and then they get dug in on a position. And by the time you understand what that position is, they've written it up in an OPA. And now that they have a document that's written and perhaps a specialist involved, they're, they're wed to that position. PFAs, you hopefully get to them, you know, you walk with them to the right answer, you know, simultaneously. So it's less likely that you're going to have either side dug in on a particular position. It sounds like there are a lot of opportunities. 
opportunities for alternative dispute resolution. Uh, other than traditional appeals, you don't hear so much about the other ones. Why is it that you think you don't hear about those? Why don't taxpayers always take advantage of the alternatives to traditional appeals? Well, uh, that's interesting, too. And it's, there was a lot of these programs that have been around for a while. And I think when they first come out, there's lots of fanfare. IRS executives are pushing them and, they, and, and people get brownie points for participating in them. And Fast Track's been around for a while. Uh, early referral to appeals has been around for a while. PFAs have been around for a while. APA programs kind of running on its own separate course. Um, but I think that, that there's a, you get a staleness to these, that when they were first introduced, there's enthusiasm. People want, to, want them, the program to be successful. So you get to acceptable resolutions, whether they're favorable or not. Again, you know, I, I think a good settlement, both sides are mutually unhappy. Um, so, you know, it, it, but they, they culminate. Now people are not as sanguine that you're going to reach a resolution with these programs, whether it's through Fast Track or any of these others. Um, and so they're more likely to say, rather than adding time and expense for somewhere I'm not necessarily going to succeed, let's just go straight to traditional appeals or just go straight to court and may or may not have the case referred back to document appeals. It's it, There's pros and cons to all of this, right? You know, it, there's time, effort, expense, but you get two bites at the apple. If you go through fast track and are unsuccessful, you can still go to traditional appeals. You get a different appeals officer. Maybe you get a better result with the traditional appeals route. But with that comes cost, not just in terms of money, but time and, you know, uh, um, you know, uncertainty. Looking at it from a taxpayer's perspective, how should a taxpayer prepare and approach one of these non-traditional appeals ADR procedures? Is it any different than just uh, going to traditional appeals? Well, traditional appeals is just the autopilot process. The exam comes to the end. You get your ability to, to, to protest. No one can really stop you from going to appeals subject to the statute of limitations. These other programs require exams participation, certainly a PFA program. But even a tech advice requires exam to be on board. Fast track requires exam to be on board. So if these are things that are interested to a taxpayer, then socialize it with the exam team. At the first, if you're interested in these programs, at the first inkling of a dispute, talk to your exam team about whether they'd be willing to go there. You also learn a little bit about their views on the issue, whether they see that there's room for compromise, even though they don't have the authority to do so. Uh, you gauge their willingness to, to, to compromise the issue, and then you can make an assessment whether you think the ADR pro program is going to be worthwhile. A lot of your work is going to be the same whether you go to fast track or traditional appeals because you're going to prepare your position paper. Whatever you use in fast track, you can use again with whatever revisions when you go to traditional appeals. Uh, so there is time and effort on the taxpayer, but a lot of that, if, if you're successful, ends the case early, and that's good. But even if you're unsuccessful, a lot of that can be reused in the traditional appeals process. The one downside of some of these programs is you do educate your exam team. So you do show some or all of your cards in the fast track program. The agent, the exam team, could adjust their, uh, um, their, their, their position paper accordingly. They have the opportunity in traditional appeals to prepare a rebuttal. But usually by the time the exam is over, the examining agents have been reassigned to a different case. 
the amount of time and attention they have to put to a rebuttal is generally limited. Whereas if you go through fast track, they may have more time to adjust and uh, strengthen their position paper. Now, the IRS announcement that just came out, why do you think the IRS is asking for public feedback now about these ADR programs? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, there was a GAO report um, which talked about declining numbers. I'm still unclear exactly how statistics are kept and how meaningful those statistics are, but there seems to be a decline in usage of these programs. And so the thought is, well, let's figure out why and, and adjust. And like I said, th these have been around for a while. We haven't had a new, you know, splashy new program, shiny new toy uh, in quite some time. So it may just be sort of either malaise on taxpayers or malaise by the government folks where traditional appeals is just the path to go. You know, I go back to my comment about coordination as well, and there is coordination at the appeals level, but there's a lot of coordination at the exam phase. So if you're thinking about if you want to resolve your issue, perhaps the best strategy is to separate from the exam team. If you're not able to agree with your exam team and they are the impediment to a resolution, then the sooner you get to additional appeals, the sooner you're talking directly to an appeals officer, putting distance between the issue and the exam team, that gives you the better chance, may give you the better chance of, of reaching resolution. So the, the, perhaps the demise of, not demise, but the lack of enthusiasm for these ADR programs is because the exam team, for the most part, in, in all of them, the exam team is still involved. And the, the resolution of these issues is trying to get the issue away from the exam team and to a new different decision maker. Great. So if uh, the commissioner were to ask you uh, for your feedback, how could the IRS make these IDR processes work better? What would you say? I think that the, the best tool for resolution is the appeals authority to resolve cases on the hazards of litigation. And the sooner you get the issue to just an appeals officer, then and without you know necessarily an exam team. So view it as a dispute between the taxpayer and the IRS writ large and not necessarily just a dispute between taxpayer and exam. If all we're trying to do is mediate between taxpayer and exam, so that the issue can be resolved with those of the two parties, then I, I think you get stuck because the exam teams, they tend to be wed to their views. They view, often view issues as an on-off switch, harder to compromise with exam teams. Whereas if you view it as taxpayer versus IRS, let's get it to a different decision maker in a different sense of independence with appeals, you know, an independent view at appeals from your exam team, then you're, you have more likely to, to, to reach resolution. I think a lot of these um, programs are pushed by the, the commissioner side of the IRS, the LBNIs, the, perhaps the SBSEs, because they exam teams want to continue to be involved. They view that appeals is giving away their issues. And so one way to you know prevent appeals from giving away their issues is the game can be involved all the way through. Well, if your exam's participation is to preserve their issues rather than to reach a resolution, then I think that's counterproductive to a dispute resolution process. You're, you might as well just you know go to traditional appeals and go to court. When I was in law school, the definitive text on negotiation was Roger Fisher's getting to yes. Uh, my question to you is, 
what is the best way to get the IRS to yes? Yeah, it, 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 it's interesting to me because there is no, I like to say there's no yes office in the IRS. You know, there are different people with different uh, bandwidth, different authority. Uh, so whether this is a highly technical issue, like I said before, with a, with a tech advice and you want to get it to a decision maker in the national office, perhaps, uh, versus an appeals officer um, or in, in any of these other, uh, other programs like a PFA. Um, the way to get someone to agree with you to get to yes, I think, is to is the power of persuasion and to try to get to someone who is not already dug in on the issue, be fully transparent with both the facts and the law, you know, so that they see that you're not playing games with them uh, and try to get them to be comfortable with your position and not. I think where things often go off the rails, both with examining agents and with appeals officers, is where you leave them alone and they get their own ideas and then they, you know, do their research, whatever they do, and then they get it wedded to their views. And so the best way to get someone to reason with you is to get them like in, in the boat from the get go. You know, some people like to, there's a partner here who used to like to say, his view of controversy is come reason with me. And by the time we're done talking, you'll realize I'm right. You know, so, you know, but your best way to get someone to say yes is to be, you know, fully transparent, both with the facts and the law. I mean, you're not going to, there's so many people looking at these issues. You're not going to pull the wool over anyone's eyes. Well, George, thank you for sharing the benefit of your uh, expertise and experience with these ADR processes. And I hope that people who are listening to this now understand better how those processes work and are knowledgeable enough to uh, figure out how to take advantage of them. Great. And that, uh, that concludes this episode of Tax Break. Thank you.